Hello everyone, welcome to You, Me, Them, Everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. This episode with Sandy Bennington is because Sandy was part of our February 29th, 2020 12-hour marathon, our live show at the Wonderland Ballroom. Unfortunately, it was our last live show of 2020 due to the global pandemic. Uh, Sandy is our 11th guest of the month that was part of that marathon, and she's also the fifth person to have moved. And since she's moved multiple times, we have more than 50% of the guests from that day have moved and that's something i don't know what that means but it says something um something else that says something is now we have a patreon account please consider donating at you me them everybody.com we used to pay our bills by doing the live show and other things like that that's not happening right now so anything you could contribute would be very much appreciated um i had a really good time talking to sandy and she talked about some heavy stuff and i'm really glad she talked about some heavy stuff because that's kind of why i wanted to do the show and uh, i hope you like the show here it is. I just got here for like the week. I moved into a new place in DC with some friends and but I left most of my stuff in Georgia at my dad, so came back to get that. Georgia as um, in the state? As in the state, yes. Okay. Oh, the country would be cool. Um <laughs> So this came up state. in my life literally last week that someone is going to Georgia the country and they really? sort of, Yeah, they sort of laughed at me when I asked the country. Um, and I don't think that's an absurd question at all. No, that's a very fair clarification. I kind of wish more people clarified that with me. Like, I, I wish more people thought I was, like, international. Do you, um, do you wish you were international in 2021? I mean, not yet, I guess. Yeah. I I got my first I got my first dose of the vaccine, though, the other day. So as soon as I'm allowed to be in well... I can't afford to be international, but as soon as it's possible, I guess. That is so um, exciting. I mean, are you excited? I'm excited for you, but maybe this oh, yeah. is jealousy. Okay, good. I'm glad. Oh my God. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Like <laughs> I actually had this whole guilt spiral right after. Cause like I'm in, like I have like some health problems. And so, uh, you know, as you could probably hear from my constant gasping for air. <laughs> um, and so like, I'm in, you know, a group that gets, vaccinated earlier and I've just been like oh my god can't wait to get the vaccine can't wait can't wait can't wait and as soon as I got it I was like oh I got it before so many people and I didn't I didn't expect to have this guilt but I have this guilt um yeah I don't are you do you like through work or anything or do you get to are, are you in like a priority group or have you yeah no I'm sorry. I will. <laughs> I, I'll, sneak, really I'll sneak you in if I can. Really quick. You're apologizing to me because I don't have a pre-existing medical condition. Okay. That's a, that's a good point. Do you see that's the absurdity this... of that? Like, and yes. Do, do you find that yeah. you feel guilty often about things that are beyond your control? Oh, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, shame is my base emotion. If you haven't, uh, if it wasn't clear by the whole first 10 minutes and emails, <laughs> everything stretched with, I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, guilt and shame are, are pretty high up there. I'm like working on it, but it's it's slow going. How are you working on it? Uh, I'm in like, um, I'm in like kind of a type of group therapy mm -hmm. um, and doing like a lot of, uh, yeah, I guess work with work with therapy and um, getting medications right and stuff. I just have a lot of anxiety, and I think um, 
for me, a lot of things come out through guilt sure. and through, yeah. Um, when, and it's gotten a little bit better, believe it or not. But I believe you. When did you notice that you were an? Did, did you ever notice that you were an anxious person, or were you diagnosed as anxious? When did you figure that aspect out? Early, very. Okay. Um, okay. What's early? Uh, definitely. I mean, I was sort of a kid growing up who was like, oh, I don't know about this, you guys. Like, I was just talking with a friend about that. And uh, they were saying how, like, I guess during COVID, they felt like they were like, come on now, guys, person. And I'm like, yeah, I think I've been that way my whole life. Mm -hmm. Of, um, Like, I was just a very worried kid. Uh, not 100% of the time or something. I... Um, but it wasn't until uh, like middle school that I was actually formally diagnosed with stuff because okay. I also have, I have OCD, mm -hmm. um, which is what causes, I think, a lot of the anxiety. And so once that was diagnosed, everything started getting treated and sure. it, it got better. So you are a very cautious person and I know you do to stand up mm -hmm. and it seems like this might be a very steep hill for you to climb to be comfortable to perform again, considering the majority of people that are currently performing are not the most cautious. So this has been a real, like, it's been interesting through the pandemic because that has been tough. Like I have, I've always thought of myself as someone who was very anxious, but not afraid, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. And I feel like, they're different things like anxiety is, you know, a medical condition. It's something that something's happening in your brain and fear or like, you know, not being brave. It's, it's not doing things. Mm -hmm. And so you can have like that anxiety spike and still do. Um, and through the pandemic, I've been wrestling a lot with, Am I being afraid? Is this anxiety or is this being a regular cautious person? Because I have some breathing problems mm -hmm. and, you know, incurable super pneumonia might <laughs> might get me. Yeah. Uh, um, and, you know, I I love stand up so much and like I love the community so much. And so it was hard to watch people go out because I, you know, I really felt like I felt that divide, I guess, like, um, there's, okay. So sorry if I'm a little over the place here, but oh, please don't apologize. this is great in my brain. Um, uh, so when I was a little kid, like I had, like I was born with paralyzed vocal cords. Mm -hmm. Um, so they just basically, they just don't open up enough for enough air to get through. Um, and I had a, a trach until I was seven where my airway just opened up enough, like randomly. They mm -hmm. why they didn't know what happened. Um, but for the first seven years of my life, like it felt normal to me because it was all I knew, but it yeah. was, you know, I went to regular school and stuff and all that. And for the most part, I was like a regular kid, but there were like certain things. Like I remember very clearly, um, not being able to go swimming with my friends mm -hmm. like because if i put my head underwater like um my mom i think phrased it once as i would fill up like a coke bottle yeah. um because you know you have like this valve straight to your lungs and um and so 
you know, I would sit in the baby pool and during um, adult swim, friends would come hang out with me during that time. And then when adult swim was over, you know, they all went back. It makes yeah. sense, they're kids. But I mean, even though it was all I knew at the time, I remember feeling that isolation, like that sadness of like, I can't do that. And because I can't do that, I'm alone. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, not alone, like, you know, my, my parents were there, but, sure. and this feels the same. Yeah. Um, uh, and it's, it's brought up a lot of stuff and I've talked to other people who have, you know, different preexisting conditions that make them like high risk. And it's, yeah, there's a lot of stuff around it. That's, you know, can be difficult to see this scene continue in this way and not be able to be a part of it. But I do think there's a lot of people who've really gone out of their way to like take precautions. And I've done a couple outdoor shows. Um, and I'm, I'm certainly, you know, not judging, not faulting anyone for going and doing the indoor shows, but it's been really hard. Like it's, um, and I, yeah, I honestly can't wait to go do an indoor show for being vaccinated. <laughs> like, I can't wait. Even though, like, I I mean, I don't think indoor shows um, were a great idea. Like, you know, like, even prior to having the vaccine, there were, like, some indoor things going on. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, people are eating and drinking and stuff, so they don't have their masks on. I'm like, to me, this seems like kind of reckless. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it's not my call what other people do. And it's, you know, I'm not, this is a tough time. I'm not going to fault anyone for how they're handling it. Um, and I've been really lucky that I have friends who also have pre-existing conditions where we've been able to like talk about, you know, feeling, there are things that I feel like come up sometimes if you, um, I'm sorry. I'm going to take a breath for a second because <laughs> please here, here. Let me pontificate uh, on something really quick here. Um, you are okay. maybe looking at this from the position I wish I looked at it from. You you say words like lucky uh, quite often, and um, you said you're not going to judge anyone or fault anyone for their behavior. And it's interesting because I have no pre-existing conditions, and I do not consider myself lucky or not lucky. I don't think luck has anything to do with this. And I also am judging and putting faults on people. <laughs> and I think that your method might be the the method that I wish I possessed, but I, I might be too far down this path. And maybe that path has also prevented me from falling into certain traps. And maybe that maybe my fears and not anxiety has prevented me from doing things that would be considered risky. So I don't necessarily know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but I, I think of it often and I find it fascinating that you do have this pre-existing condition, yet you refer to yourself as lucky. Well, this has come after, like, um, you know, some of the the work I've done during the pandemic, um, part of which has been getting, uh, getting sober and doing sobriety work and doing therapy work. Um, this has come with that. <laughs> um, prior to 
doing some of this work, I was very judgy about it. Um, and I was struggling with feeling really judgy about it because it's a community of people that I love that I, and I, I just all felt so personal to me. Um, and it felt like, yeah, it felt like I was seven in the baby pool and it felt like none of my friends cared about me, which I know is not true. I know it's not about me. And I knew that even then it's not about me. Like, that's not what this is. Um, but it, I felt very judgmental for a while about it. And I've been able to let go of a lot of that. Um, and it, you know, it's just, it's not something I can control. And I get why people are doing it. Like I get, this is really hard and people have different, you know, ways to handle stress and different like risk aversion um, things and or capacities. And I, you know, I don't have that. I wish I wasn't risk averse, but I kind of look at, like the thing you just said about, um, you know, you may have been prevented from being in maybe dangerous situations mm -hmm. because you have these things. To me, that's something that is, it's a gift. Like, even though it feels shitty, it it's good because it's almost like a, I don't know. I got really into like the evolutionary advantages of anxiety and of OCD and of like just general like, things that we think of as disorders. And, you know, I've read a lot of these are just evolutionary necessities that are yeah. dialed way up. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like this pandemic is really showing, hey, yeah, there's a reason that some people have this style of anxiety. Like this is where it comes in handy, Yeah. like to live. Um, and so I feel like if you have that, uh, that in you, like it's, and it sounds like you do, even if it's not coming from a place of anxiety, you have this sense of what's risky, what's all that, you know, that's, yeah. I mean, that's just a good thing. My thing stems from, it's a very simple idea. It's uh, why are you doing what you're doing? That's it. And if you could answer that question <laughs> at all times, you're probably okay. Right. Mm, you're yeah. not you're you're most likely not going to overindulge or prevent yourself from doing things that are good if you know why you're doing what you're doing. And it's like a pain threshold thing. So like I can't <laughs> my body doesn't understand marathon running because it's like a little bit too far, but I totally understand half marathons. Does this make sense? Yes, that I mean, completely makes sense. Yeah, but it's also like, well, this amount of alcohol is okay, but this amount of alcohol is danger. And like Heroin is always bad because you can't moderate. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, it's, it's this consistent um, question of like, why am I doing what I'm doing? And I feel like that's helped me. And I don't know if that was learned, if that is genetic. I have no idea. And I, I might want to know. But at the same time, it's like, once again, I'm so far down this path. I don't really need to know as long as it's still working. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, if it. I think that makes a lot of sense. I think that sounds incredibly healthy. Uh, and yeah, I mean, my first question was going to be, have you always been like that? Do you remember like as a kid, were you like that? For the most part, um, I've gotten into a lot of bad situations like most everyone, but um, I think a lot of that is just like your brain wasn't done. Your brain's not done until you're 25, right? So yeah. once, the, once that frontal lobe was a little bit more settled, 
Um, <laughs> I've been pretty consistent when it comes to decision making. Clearly, I have a ton of regrets, and I'm wrong all of the fucking time. This is not <laughs> this is not a soapbox moment of uh, I'm always right. No, if anything, it's just like I'm more willing to admit, oh, that was a mistake. Maybe quicker than I used to be 15 years ago. You know? Yes, I totally know. I feel that way about uh, me um, a year ago. Uh, what are you um, alluding to but, when you say you a year ago? Um, I think I have a real tendency not to learn lessons um, okay. and to just stay stuck. And um, I think something that's come from the pandemic has been being able to start to shift that some. Um, and by the way, I really like that you, uh, the way you reference your past makes it sound like real, like potentially mysterious. Like you were, you know, in a leather jacket down by the quarry, like, kick, I don't know. <laughs> that to me is what mystery means. In a leather jacket by the quarry. That's what mystery is. <laughs> uh, sure. I will not fill in the blanks. So you could keep your mystery alive. There. There, that's, wow, what crazy things you got up to in that quarry. Um, I'm actually specifically thinking of, like, the scene from The Beginning of a Walk to Remember, where they're like, <laughs> so, you know, that's kind of cool, and it's also <laughs> from A Walk to Remember, so. Uh, um, yeah, sorry, what were we? Do not apologize, you're wonderful. So. Uh, you, you said this is kind of how I was a year ago or I was different a year ago and you said you didn't learn lessons. What are you referencing? Um, I think I'm not going to fill in the blanks on some of it. That's perfectly um, fine. But it's, I mean, it's more just like, uh, you know, I, for me, I've always been bad at moderation mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. or like not as good at moderation as I would like to. No, bad at moderation. Yeah, um, that's fine. And you know, I guess uh, a big example would be um, not drinking, even yeah. though it was clearly making me unhappy. So um, when did you stop? Because you mentioned this about five minutes ago. Um, <laughs> I'd say the most difficult time to for people to live through in 100 years, you're like, this is the time to stop drinking. It, yeah. It, well, I'm, I, so I stopped drinking in November 2019. Um, and then... Yeah, and then the pandemic happened, and I was like, well, <laughs> hmm. Um, and I'm glad I didn't go back to drinking, because I think at that point I had seen that it was going to help. Um, but, and I think if I had been drinking, and I've, I've, you know, I've heard people say this about drinking, that, like, just, you know, I've heard, like, it, it's gone up for for people like in general i and i don't mean alcoholics i mean just everyone and it makes sense because everyone wants to escape um and i think i wouldn't have been able to get anything positive out of the year if i had been able to escape the entire time because i just would have um like i you know i quit drinking in november and then uh and i thought well this isn't so bad and then I realized that I maybe part of why that was half like not so bad is um, because I used to take clonopin, like like prescribed clonopin, which is like a benzo, like Xanax. Um, and when the pandemic started, I started taking it every day, which 
I wasn't supposed to do. Um, and so during like, I guess like in August, uh, no, September, I think I took my last clodopin and I like made that part of my sobriety and I removed like the ability to escape. And the beginning of it was horrible, <laughs> like really, really, really awful. Mm -hmm. And now my brain feels way less foggy and it's nice. And I've been able to like learn some stuff about myself and like gain perspective. Like it's let all this different therapy stuff I've been in for so long finally sink in. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of happy. Like it feels like it's been harder during COVID to do this and also way easier because I'm not faced with Oh, all my friends are drinking. Like, because I'm not out. Like, I, yeah, you know, yeah. it's, um, and some of the stressors of life, while certain stressors have like gone through the roof, others have really calmed down. So it's, I don't know, it's been kind of a mixed bag. I, part of me can't imagine like having to go through the beginning of like sub full sobriety without world being kind of shut down and part of me thinks it's way easier to do it if i was able to like go out and distract it so yeah that makes a lot of sense i don't know i don't yeah um you said it's a, an escape yeah that's that's did it ever actually feel like an escape or yeah did it ever actually feel like an escape Clonopin did. Clonopin did. Okay. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, like I, I consider myself an alcoholic, but, you know, I've had like some friends tell me like, really? Like, I didn't think. And because I wasn't, you know, I would go through periods of like drinking a lot and then through periods of drinking often, but not drink a lot. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I don't remember Drinking felt like an escape in social situations because I felt like I could get out of my head. I could get out of the anxiety part. Like I wasn't escaping everything, but I could escape that feeling of internal discomfort. Like, am I saying the wrong thing? Am I doing the wrong thing? Um, and of course you don't actually escape it. It just, for me anyway, postponed that anxiety till the next day. Got it. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. And then it's way worse. So for, for uh, was, was it always social then? No, I mean, I went through periods where I drank a lot alone. Okay. Um, like I was a red wine drinker and I would, you know, um, after I started comedy, it was less. Mm -hmm. uh, it, like I drank, I, I feel like I must be the only, I'm sure there's a lot of people, but like, People have been surprised when I say, oh, yeah, drinking went down when I started comedy. Because usually it's can be kind of the opposite. But I had something to go out and do every night instead of yeah. just, like, sort of sitting at home. Um, uh, and it's not to say that I, you know, drank way less or something. I just, yeah, I used to have nights where I would just, like, sort of, yeah, be, be by myself in my apartment with my dog. I have spilled red wine on my dog before. Yeah. I uh, 
I once almost drowned in my bathtub Jesus. because I got in the shower drunk and I like curled up into a little ball and my like, I don't know, I guess my head or something while I was curled up hit the like the drain. And so it like I woke up with like the water at my nose. <laughs> and I was, yeah, it's like that didn't. That rare occurrence, stuff like that didn't happen very often, but it did happen. And the fact that I didn't stop drinking um, when something like that happened is, like, kind of weird. Um, See, here's the thing. I don't think that's weird at all. That I didn't stop drinking? No, because you didn't die. You know what I mean? Like, what, <laughs> Yeah, You, you weren't ready. If you're not ready, you're not ready. You can't force anybody to do anything. Yeah, I, I you know, I totally agree with that. Um, I guess... What I meant more by it was, it was a red flag that I wasn't ready to look at. Sure, I, sure. I feel like people with a healthy relationship with alcohol, one, generally don't almost drown in their bathtub, and two, if they do, they might quit drinking. Because um, they're dead, because that's what drowning is. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was, I mean, and that was like years ago. That was... 2014 2014 was a rough year so i um that was a big drinky but myself year and that was the the year of the near drowning <laughs> i guess not near that's probably over dramatic i but don't think it is i think if you it have was to, a little bit of a close call it was I, a close call <laughs> you, no that, that counts i mean there's no official ruling on any of this but i think that would qualify i mean it wasn't like breathing the water in it was like one of those like drunken half asleep half passed out kind of things um, Are you walking this back because you don't want to offend anybody that almost drowned? Um, no, no, I'm I'm all right. Okay, I, you know, if, if someone almost drowns in the ocean, I'm gonna go up to them and be like, "We're the same." You I are. get what you're going through. They told you do. I, the only difference is their water was more salty. Uh, I have some, and you know, some sharks in that water too, potentially. I'm not. A, are you afraid uh, of sharks? Well, I mean, like any human, I guess, but oh, I'm not, not at all. like in a. Well, I mean, I don't sit around thinking, oh, I'm afraid of sharks. I, like, I've swam in the ocean. I'll swim in the ocean. But, like, you know, I don't want to, like, I don't want to be in the ocean and have on a shark. Like, it's not going to stop me from swimming in the ocean. But at the same time, you know, I, I have just, like, that healthy respect to them. Do you, Are you, like, a big shark fan? No, but I'm not afraid of them because, like, statistically it's so minute. And I don't go to well, waters yeah. with lots of sharks. So, like, I don't care. Same. Okay, yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, I, I'm. I think I'm on that same page there. It's not. It's not ever an active concern. Um, Good. Just because I don't know. No. Yeah. No. I'm not. That's not a thing. Speaking of acts of uh, concern, how would you have gone to Georgia if you had not had your first vaccination? Yes. Okay. Um, because uh, so my dad lives on a farm and. The house is divided in a way where I'm able to like kind of have a separate living space and kind of that has its own airflow. Um, like there's like an in-law suite kind of in it. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think, and also my dad's fully vaccinated. So, oh, wow, that's great. Yeah, yeah, that's, um, that's oh my gosh, such a relief. Like that's huge. Uh, and you know, I, I got in last night and he went to hug me and I was like, am I, I, I'm still, you know, I don't know. Could, could I get you sick? He's like, no, I'm vaccinated. What? I'm like, oh yeah, I guess, 
we have to get used to that. Yeah. That's going to be an adjustment. So is this um, the first time you've seen him since the pandemic? It's not. I actually, I lived here for several months during the pandemic. Like, so I, I was, uh, you know, I lived alone in, in an apartment in DC. Mm-hmm. And then in August, like I saw a couple of friends outside. Um, I had one friend over twice. Um, and then, uh, but that was it. And I was going crazy. Yeah. And in August, I like got rid of all my furniture, um, got rid of like, I would say like over 50% of what I own. Um, I like, I just kind of put in what could fit in like a minivan and, um, I moved to my mom's for a month. Uh, her house is a little bit smaller, so that's like tougher to do. And I think, yeah, we were kind of like, it's just, it's just too close quarters for like a long period. Sure. Um, and then from there, I moved to my dad's in September. Um, and then stayed here. And then I got a place, I got a room in DC in like a house with, uh, a couple other comic friends and then some people I didn't know. Um, and I just ran a room by the month. Um, and then kind of, I guess one of the option to go back and forth. So I went back and forth a little and I just mm-hmm. quarantined, you know, in the basement when, when I came back to Georgia and then, uh, I guess it was beginning of February, I moved into a house with, with three comic friends, which has been really great so far. Um, so probably not great COVID stuff being, you know, moving Mm -hmm. three times during a pandemic, but, um, I would say outside of that, I've been pretty careful. Now, how, how do you, how did you get to Georgia? Are you flying or are you driving? Oh, driving, driving, definitely driving. Would you have felt safe on a plane? I don't think so. Interesting. Um, and I have a dog and she's too big to go in the cabin of a plane. Um, so that's, that's a big factor, but even if it wasn't, I think I'd be too nervous on a plane. Um, Where in Georgia are you? Uh, right now I'm in Rome, Georgia. It's like an hour and a half North of Atlanta. Okay. And what's that drive from DC? Like 12 hours? Uh, it's supposed to be like a little under 10. It always takes me around 12 ish, maybe 11 and a half. So Um, are you sleeping? Are you doing it straight through? Straight through. Wow. Um, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm getting used to it. Like I yeah. never thought I would get used to that long of a drive cause I'm not, I get tired really easy and stuff. And I was like, I, I don't, the first time I did the drive, like was a few years ago. And I remember being so nervous about it. I was like, I don't know if I can do it, but I'm going to show myself I can do it. And now I've done it like several times in the last few months. Um, do you stop at rest? Like, how do you go to the bathroom? Um, okay, so this is this is maybe weird, but I um, I do like kind of pee in the bushes when I'm on the road. Exactly. So, do pee. you have spots yeah. that you know that like okay, this place is safe? Are you on highways? Like how how many places do you know of before you leave, or are you just winging it the entire time? Just winging it. You know, you you like pull off on an exit, and there's like sometimes like you know, I don't know. Like, no, no, this is interesting because I've, I've done the Chicago drive twice now with 
Oh, uh, really? Yeah, with my kid. And the difference is like we have to map out, my wife and I, like every hour, like if he needs to go, if we need to change his diaper here. So like we know we're like, not exactly, but we have an idea of where a park is within like every hour on that drive. And we intentionally, oh my gosh. we intentionally didn't use any of the tolls because um, those people have some of the most interactions with the American public. So it adds about an hour to not do those certain highways. But on the plus side, you don't have to worry about getting on and off the turnpike. So those parks are actually easier to get. So in a weird way, it actually is the same amount of time. Man, good on you for like being so careful and so like planned out. Like that's really. But that's the thing. It's like, are um, we lying to ourselves about this? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, we, what do you mean? Like, are we are we too concerned about using a restroom? I don't think so because, like, especially if you look at the stats, like more white men are not wearing masks than any other group in America, and like, well. Where do you who do you think's using the restroom between Illinois and DC? It's majority white men, <laughs> right? And they're not wearing masks yeah, all the time. So that's like, fuck true. that. I'm that's gonna go true. in the bushes. It's fine. And we're changing the kid yeah. outside. It's fine. We're changing the kid whatever. The point is like if, if, if am I too paranoid? Honestly, with the restroom thing, I don't think so. Like I especially where there would be like a like with a baby changing station too. Like I don't know if like, I don't, I don't have kids, but if I had one, I wouldn't want to put my kid on a public restroom baby changing station in a pandemic. Yeah, um, that's the thing. It's like the pandemic changes things. It's like you still have your little diaper thingy. So it's like his skin isn't touching it. That's not the point. The point is this might take a while because he's squirmy and it's blah, 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 blah. blah and like, that's, it's just right. a bad idea. Like, I feel like I, I read stuff on it before I did the first drive, like, Cause now like, I'm not worried about it. I know I can just like go pee in the bushes somewhere. Like, you know, there's always some random abandoned gas station you can go behind. Um, I like how that's your rough... like, beacon of safety. Oh, the random abandoned know, gas station right? as a single I woman thought... with a dog. This is the place to go. Yes. I have thought more than once. I'm like, this seems unsafe for a different reason. What am I doing? Yeah. Like, cause I'm trying to find a place where there's no people and it's not like super well lit. <laughs> and <laughs> it, I, I one feel like I'm looking to commit a crime and two, uh, yeah, I'm seeking out. And I, I've thought like, I think every time I've had to pee outside, I thought I would be so bummed out to get murdered right now. Like if this is how, I mean, really anytime, but like definitely, you know, next to the O'Connell Lodge like in the middle of nowhere Tennessee that I would wonder, bum me out I how are do you maybe this is a loaded question because you're in a car you can't really tell and it doesn't matter if you're in a car but when you're stopping anywhere how is the mask usage mm -hmm. between Georgia and DC uh it's gone up it's gotten a lot better that's great um yeah I'm thrilled with that I because the first couple drives it had not um georgia is not good <laughs> um it does seem to have gone up in georgia from what i've seen but i mean i've gone to the grocery store here and like half the people aren't wearing masks oh so it's not um, enforced in stores there right oh, uh, i mean it depends on the store like it's weird like if you go to one grocery store everyone it's like all but one or two people are wearing masks. If you go to the other grocery store, it's, and they're like, 
pretty close by. They're just different chains. It's like only half the people. And I had someone give me a dirty look because I was like walking kind of fast to try to like sort of get out of their path because they had no mask on and were like speaking really loudly on the phone right behind me. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, and I guess she was offended or something, but I'm like, well, that that's just, I don't know. The first time I went to the grocery store here, I was so angry. Yeah. Um, and then on the route there, um, I mostly, you know, I try to just do like drive throughs and stuff, but there was one drive through I went through. It was like a Wendy's where all the people in there like that I could see weren't wearing masks. And I went to pick up my food and I was like, oh, you know what? I I didn't No, Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and man, there was a gas station in Front Royal where I had to because I'll go into stores and stuff like I just now I double mask. Um, yeah. For the people that don't know, Front Royal is about what, an hour and a half, two hours outside of D.C.? Yeah, I'd say like an hour and a half. It okay. wasn't it wasn't too far out. Um, but I went to like uh, like some gas station convenience store and there was a, a white man there uh, who was a lot older and not wearing a mask. And that was the first and last time I said something to a stranger about it. <laughs> um, See, that's the thing. I've yet to say anything to a stranger except once when a guy like got on an elevator. <laughs> with me and then I instantly got out and it was the one time I've been in an elevator since this thing started and it was on the drive from DC to Chicago because like the hotel put us on the third floor and that was it oh yeah yeah no I mean I've, I've done the same like um my internet's not great at my dad's and so for work during a busy time I kind of I was on a contract where I had to like I got a hotel room as an office for a little bit just mm-hmm. because like I I had kind of nowhere else to go. And so I got in the elevator there. I think it would make me panic to like, if someone else got in the elevator after me, I was like, Oh my gosh. hundred percent. Here's the yeah. only, the only thing you, you just mentioned it. That makes me feel so much better is the stats with the double masking. If you have like an N95 plus a cloth, like the transmission rate is like nothing. Oh wow. Really? Oh, I guess, but N95, I know I, yeah. I just have like the regular paper masks. Yeah. But um, now you can get N95s on Amazon. So like now we have an N95 and then we oh. do that. So we're, I, that makes me feel so much better going to like a target run or something. Oh my God. I'm going to, I'm going to get those for like, I don't know for, I guess for friends. I don't know. I, I I'll use that until, cause it takes a little bit for the vaccine to kick in. Yeah. So I honestly, I am ashamed to admit this, but I've gotten significantly less cautious as time has gone on. Um, and by significantly less, I don't mean like nuts about it. Um, but and I think a lot of it has come from being now in two houses with people who like go out more than I do. And yeah. so it's, um, you know, kind of when you're in that exposure level and my, my roommate's right now are all wonderful about it. Like they're all, you know, they offered to wear masks in the house for me, which is just so like kind. Like but they're to... also comics. Yeah. So are comics. they performing? They're performing. See, there um, you go. So like that's all theater. Um, what do you mean? That's all fear. The theater. It doesn't actually. Oh, the theater. Yeah. Like if they're doing oh, any of those risky yeah. behaviors and they're living in the same house with you, how is it? like any gesture of maskitude, like not just theater. 
Oh, oh, theater as in I thought you meant all the shows were in theater. No, no, like, no. Like, no. like some of them. Like they're good comics. Like I um uh no, I don't think it is because like I see what you're saying, but I don't I don't feel like it is with them. Like, because I knew going in, like we talked about the COVID stuff before moving in. And I knew that, you know, they were doing indoor shows and that our risk levels were different. Um Two of them are now vaccinated, so that's that's, oh, that's really big. Great. Um, yeah, that's awesome because they're both um, like work in education, and so they got it earlier, and um, like that's huge. Uh, I don't think it's theater because of you know. I guess it would be one thing if like if we all lived in the same house pre-pandemic. This happens. And then I feel like in that case, you know, maybe you're making some of these decisions with your housemates or with, you know, whoever you're in constant contact with. Mm -hmm. And in this case, it was I knew their exposure levels and my exposure level and all of that going in. Um, And I, you know, I was okay with it. Um, They, one, knew at that point that, you know, the vaccine had been discovered and or developed or whatever. And I, I knew that I was excited about this living situation. And so even if it meant I need to maybe stay in my room a little bit more or mask in the house at first, that that was fine, that it's, it's worth that trade off. And, um, and so because, you know, because we'd had those conversations before, like I, no, I, I don't feel like I don't fault them at all for for that um but i will say that i think being in like the house i was in earlier with two comics one of them was the same comic um but two comics who i'm friends with and they were also both very thoughtful about mass and stuff with me and you know we had these talks earlier um and i know you know one of them's like maybe like doesn't do the indoor shows a little more cautious Mm -hmm. um but just all the way around like all these talks were had before moving in so i kind of just thought of this as you know me taking my own risks and like weighing the risks and benefits and like and to me the benefits way outweigh the risk um and i'm glad i made the decision to live with them because i really enjoyed it and you know, and because they have been really respectful and, and now I'm part vaccinated, so yeah. I'm not going to have to, um, but I have found that like, since my exposure has just naturally gone up, I have been much more comfortable going to the store and go to the store probably too often. Um, cause I don't, you know, that was just like a weird coping thing of like, wandering around target <laughs> no that's not weird that's um, not weird my favorite like one of the reasons why i like living in a city is like going to the grocery store every day and buying what you need just for that day yeah i totally get that i the grocery store for some reason kind of stresses me out but like oh yeah well before yeah. covid it didn't never stress me out now it completely stresses me out i i definitely get that yeah, yeah i and i definitely feel kind of stressed in stores um and i now i like try to set a timer or like I don't even set a timer I just set my stopwatch so I know how long I was in the store because I have pretty bad ADD and uh, ADD comes with I guess they call it time blindness okay. and it can vary 
something that just someone else would feel like two hours someone with ad can feel like 10 minutes like it's just very um so that's probably why you're like okay with open mics (laughs) maybe yeah i'm like yeah there was nothing at all um it's pretty funny i Uh, miss places like vintage stores and thrift stores and flea markets and um that's not for me. I'm not probably going to be able to do that for at least another year. I'm assuming because I can't think of a more that. diseased place than like. My- <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Don't say that. I went to Goodwill the other day. <laughs> yeah, but have you been vac- Were you vaccinated? Yeah, there but go. I've gone to Goodwill. I've gone to Goodwill before I got vaccinated. Um, that's the one where I try to really cut the time down. Uh, and I know it's a risk, but it's. I know it's risk and that's, and I guess like that's where I've gotten lax. Like me in August never would have gone to Goodwill and, or like barely any store outside of the grocery store if I absolutely had to. Um, And now I've gone to Goodwill like a few times like in the last (laughs) month. And every time I've gone to Goodwill, I feel, because that was one of the places that I would go a lot pre-pandemic that I just like, because I think it's fun to like look like Same, same deal. And and when I say really quick, when I say diseased, I don't necessarily mean COVID. I mean like I love pins and buttons and like stuff like that. So like I'm going through a bunch of jewelry whose origins are completely unknown with a lot of rust and a lot of needles. And then like I've accidentally bled a lot. And it's not, oh my God. It's not like I'm bleeding a lot, like, oh my God, this is gushing, but like I've pinpricked myself at least two dozen times from just like looking through pins and buttons and jewelry at Goodwills and stuff like that. That's what I mean by disease. Not, I don't want it to come off as I'm I'm like shaming people that shop there. Obviously, I'm shopping there. It's more of a, I don't, this is not a jewelry counter situation. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. And I mean, Honestly, if you like, I know you're not, but if you did judge me for going, like, that's okay too. Like, that's it's, I, I would understand that because it is like a, you know, it's a germier place. Um, uh, but I don't know. I, so far, I've been, well, I don't want to like even say so far I've been okay because that's just how, you know, I don't want to jinx it. <laughs> uh, but, I, you know, I, yeah, I've just gotten a lot less cautious because my risk has naturally gone up just from, you know, being in different housing situations. And uh, this one, this one's the one where you might like really judge me. It's okay if you do. Um, I have had a friend over who has, I think, relatively low exposure, and we both double mask and hang out. And she has come over twice. Yeah, um, I don't care. It's your life, man. You live your life. I don't fucking care. I mean, <laughs> it's also <laughs> this thing where, like, what is what are we living for if there's no interaction? Yeah, it's it's weird. It's weird. I mean, I early in the pandemic, um, there was a guy. I um, uh he came over and he was for a long time the only person I hadn't seen without a mask. Um, and now I guess like that's definitely gone up cause I've lived with like yeah. my parents and both my parents are careful. So I'm not, you know, worried about not being in mass in the house. Like as long as I'm here, like once I get past that 10 to 14 days, I'm comfortable just like, I'm not worried about my parents giving it to me. I'm mm. was only worried about giving it to them. Um, or for the most part. Uh, and 
my brother and my sister-in-law and my nephew drove out from Arizona for like a month. And so I got to see them and, you know, I did, um, we were unmasked because, you know, again, they went through all the, I feel like there's ways to do it, but it makes it tricky. And I guess sometimes when I say I'm lucky, I'm lucky partly because I have the opportunity to see family and be unmasked with family, like in a way that is as safe as possible. And I think that's not something that is easy to come by right now. Um, and and now at this point, like I've been unmasked around like, you know, the friends I live with. Um, but even then right now, I mostly wear a mask in common spaces in the house. Like I, I just take my mask off in my room. Um, there's a handful of times where I've like eaten my dinner out in the main room. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll take the mask off for that. But will you be, do you feel comfortable? Like, is it an enjoyable experience? Yeah, it okay, is. Good. Like, the nervousness has definitely gone down. Good. Uh, I, I think it's just like, of, you know, it's been going up and like, at a certain point, you know, you have to, I mean, I completely disagreed with people at first who were like, I don't live your life. And, and I stand by that because at first, if we had been more on top of it, if there hadn't been so many people saying you have to live your life and I don't mean comics, I mean like the anti-masker, mm -hmm. you know, Trump, I mean, not to bring that into it, but like, yeah, no, to bring that into it. Like the Trumper people who were like, yeah, like screw mask, I don't care live your life um if that hadn't happened maybe we could have like kind of nipped this in the bud earlier sure. so but now obviously that's not happened and it's not possible anymore and so after a year you do have to kind of find ways to live life um but i am saying that from a place of having the first clean dose so again i'm lucky and I get to feel a little bit calmer soon I've had someone tell me like m multiple people be like are, are you gonna call do you think you'll stop feeling as worried I'm like yes once I'm vaccinated I will stop feeling as worried like yeah. it's just I, I I understand the the science thing you, Me, Them, Everybody is made by me, Brandon Weatherby. Our theme music is by Daniel Knox. Our art is by Jillian Ron. You can hear all 13 years of shows at you, me, them, everybody.com. If you're listening to this in Spotify or on iTunes, the last year of episodes are available uh, with some sprinklings of the other ones. If you want the rest of the catalog, which features over 700 episodes, you, me, them, everybody. Dot com. Our Patreon page is on our About page. It's all there. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. At sign YMTE. Thanks for listening. I'll hug the places that you've been sleeping, friends and family. I'll